All right. Well, let's just jump into it. Shall I lead? No, you're not the host here. Huh? <laughs> this is a solo show. <laughs> okay, go on, go on. Date Smart with Taylor Wade. 20 years ago, I co-founded Ambiance Matchmaking, an exclusive matchmaking agency that has helped over 100,000 singles master their dating lives. In this podcast, I share the same tactics and techniques with you. We'll dive into the basics of human attraction and chemistry, what makes a compatible partnership, does the one exist, plus much, much more. We'll do it all with the help of matchmaker Leslie Wardman, who started matchmaking in the 1990s. Mastering your dating life is easier than you think. It's just a matter of science and a little know-how. So grab your coffee, follow along, and don't forget to hit subscribe. Let's talk about the first date. You just planned your very first rendezvous with someone new. You don't know too many details, first name, job, hobbies, maybe a few photos, but you have a feeling it's gonna be good. Then you notice a fluttery feeling in your stomach and catch yourself repeating scenarios in your head. Yep, those are called nerves. Most people experience a type of low-grade anxiety before dates. You know the type just lurking beneath the surface. It's not sharp enough to poke through, but it's not so subtle you can ignore it. Yeah, that kind. I feel like the reason we experience nerves before our dates is because we fear the unknown. When we can't predict an outcome with certainty, it becomes a risk. For example, when we can't predict with certainty that our date will like us, it becomes a risk to our ego. But fears are not based on reality. Fear of the unknown is based on a pile of self-limiting beliefs based on what we think may happen. These self-limiting beliefs leak out in different ways. We fear our dates won't find us interesting, attractive, funny, or whatever insecurity we may have. As Ambiance Matchmaking's founder, Leslie Wardeman always says, I really think insecurity is like the root of all evil when it comes to relationships and dating especially. However, we can dissolve our insecurities and fears so that we can stop worrying and start connecting with our dates on a whole new level. As Nelson Mandela once said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. In order to conquer our fear of the unknown, we don't just ignore it, we embrace it. We embrace the unknown because it brings change, and that's a good thing. The one thing that is constant in our dating lives is change. We're constantly changing and evolving by meeting new people, hearing their ideas and stories, and trying to make sense of why we did or didn't click with someone. And that's a beautiful thing. So let's stop trying to predict the outcome of our dates, stop worrying about what people think of us, and embrace change. At that point, we can start focusing on connecting with the person sitting in front of us. And that's exactly what we're talking about today, connecting with our dates on a whole new level. I'm doing it with the help of my colleague, Leslie Wardman. Our company, Ambiance Matchmaking, has been matchmaking for over two decades with as many as 20 matches going out every week. 
That means we've orchestrated around 20,000 dates in total. And after each date, we receive feedback from every client. As you can imagine, we have a lot of information about what people find attractive and not so attractive on a first date. Today, we're sharing those details with you. We're starting with the top three reasons a date will find us attractive and how we can implement these tips into our own dating lives. All right, let's call Leslie and see what she says. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Doing well, thank you. All right, well, let's just jump into it. Shall I leave? No, you're not the host here, huh? (laughs) This is a solo show. (laughs) Okay, go on, go on. So what are the top three reasons someone will like their date? I probably would start with a smile. I think a smile is uh, an incredible, incredible way to express, you know, the fact that you're a comfortable in your skin, be going to be an easy person to be around for that reason and see um, happy with what you see. So uh, a smile is, uh, I can't begin to think of something that's more powerful and positive um, uh, as a first impression for sure. And those are very important. Mm, Yeah. And whether we realize it or not, I feel like we're always portraying certain qualities through nonverbal action all the time, right? Isn't it like 90% of communication is nonverbal? Yeah, it boils down to that old saying, talk is cheap, you know? I mean, seriously, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, so so that's not only the smile, right? So that would be with body posture, gestures, tone of voice. I mean, those are all signals that I feel like our dates pick up on naturally. Um, And we might not be aware of that, but it's a good thing to be aware of. Very much so. Let's not even forget eye contact. Talk about powerful as well. But um, yeah, if somebody's smiling when you're walking up to the table or vice versa, I think it's a, probably a pretty good indicator that there's going to be little or no awkwardness and conversation's going to flow. So um, go with a smile. I love it. Okay, what's the second reason someone will like their date? vibe which means you know like having the same energy level like two people you know being again being comfortable in your own skin is like i can't say that enough you know um which comes by getting to know yourself but um having good eye contact you know i mean that would indicate that you're having a good flow of energy and uh if somebody doesn't have the ability to have that uh might be check please time because um it shows that they're uncomfortable and maybe not uh, having the ability to be honest. And those are an incredible red flag. So, um, yeah, just to um, be comfortable and, uh, you know, getting to hear somebody share a story about their life, you know, and then vice versa, you know, maybe your story bounces off of theirs, but, you know, laughs in between. Those are such good signs of uh, a good date. Yeah, energy is everything. Uh, I'm reading a book right now by Joe Dispenza called Becoming Supernatural. And he says, our emotions are energy in motion. Uh, And I love this so much. And what it means is when someone experiencing a strong emotion walks into a room, their energy is often very palpable, right? So that's why it's so important for us to get into a great frame of mind before our date because our emotions are literally radiating off of us. And when we put off better energy, we get a more positive response from our day in return. And 
getting into a great frame of mind before a date could look like a lot of different things. It could look like listening to a good podcast or reading a good book or calling a good friend. Just doing whatever you enjoy doing so that you can get into a great frame of mind before your date. Okay, so what's the third reason someone will like their date? I would say number three is definitely storytelling. Uh, I can't emphasize enough about what a lost art this is and how wonderful it is to be able to spend the evening with an interesting person, you know, with a nice flow and exchange of stories. Um, I just don't think there are, you know, better things in this life, hardly. So yeah, definitely exchange of stories uh, with an interesting person. And just even seeing that and picturing a, you know, beautiful outdoor cafe with, you know, stars, glass of wine. I mean, that's good life. That is definitely good times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Storytelling is such a great way to display your personality and really give insight into your life. And it eliminates a somewhat boring and interrogative style of just asking a slew of questions, right? But as you said, storytelling is an art and it involves having life experience and being a somewhat interesting person. It's important to be interesting. I mean, you don't want to be sitting there on a date like a bump on a log and not have anything to talk to. You better sure the hell get some experience in this life or, you know, you're missing out. All right, let's jump into the top three reasons someone will not like their date. The number one reason someone will not like their date is if they talk too much. I mean, if you're going to sit down, first of all, you get to the table, uh, besides the fact that your chair may not have been pulled out and you didn't get greeted with a smile, um, and they jump into starting to just ramble on about themselves, and um, that could be a huge buzzkill, you know, especially if all they can talk about is work, you know. Um, I heard that recently, and it was just sounding like a nightmare. The person was... uh, taking like business calls during their video, you know, conference. And they thought, you know, they thought it was a positive reflection on themselves. And it was really sad because I have an important job. I got to take this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a banker and I got all these uh, important things going on. Yeah. No, I mean, nothing could be further from the truth nonstop talk about work is not really pleasant because it just indicates to the person that's sitting across the table from you that you um, aren't really uh, having a life balance, a work-life balance. And uh, yes, work's important. We get it. But uh, have stuff going on outside of work because it doesn't really indicate who you are in the big picture. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Okay. What's the second reason someone will not like their date? Being present. I mean, a lot of people, they hear about being present and they're so not present. It just flies over their head, sort of, you know, um, and I catch myself all the time. And it is a practice, you know, was I just present when I was around this person, you know, or did I have too much bouncing around inside of my mind and I'm, you know, thinking about what I had to do to really enjoy the company, you know, when they were with you. And um, to be able to do that, really understand what being present means. Being present means that you aren't preoccupied. Being present means that you don't have you know, a million things going on in your head about that day or yesterday or tomorrow or anything except for that moment and being able to invest in that, you know, in, in that time that you're with that person. And if you don't, it's just going to be a waste. It's going to be a waste of time. And this goes for every day of your life, actually. You know, it'll just be a waste if you're not in, in the present moment. 
So um, being able to be present and listen, really listen. Don't be looking around the room and, you know, at your watch or a phone or anything. Please, you know, give the courtesy and respect, even if you're not falling in love. Yeah, that's a good point. Even if you're not going to fall in love with the person, I mean, you can always learn something new from someone. So use it as an opportunity to practice being present and learn something new about the person, you know, even if you know it's not going to turn into a romantic connection. Okay, so what's the third reason someone will not like their date? Don't be inconsiderate when you're on a match. When your match arrives, do not be on your phone. Don't be texting. Don't be talking. Don't be scrolling. Have your phone away and have it off. Um, and when your match gets there, if you're the guy, uh, be gentlemanly. Pull the chair out. That just is a nice reflection of uh, you being a gentleman. And as you're sitting and exchanging stories, don't be looking around the room. That is inconsiderate. Um, be nice and considerate to the wait staff without being too nice. Don't flirt. Don't compliment her on her dress and ask her where she got it or anything stupid like that. That is inconsiderate to your date. Um, pick up the check. I mean, it's the first date. Typically, they aren't at the Ritz or anywhere that's going to break the bank. So uh, it's a really nice old school chivalry way to end a date. Um, my all time biggest pet peeve of inconsideration is a guy not walking a girl to her car, hailing her a cab or waiting with her while her Uber gets there. Uh, that's really not that difficult to take a few minutes before you take off to make sure all that is good. So um, those are the things you don't want to do. I think we discussed this, but I had a client ask me about um, my thoughts on this because he was talking about the like the liberal feminist movement and how it's influenced dating and making men second guess whether they should do things that are normally seen as chivalrous. Um, and our client was saying, you know, he's the type of person that likes to open up doors and pay for dinners and all of that. And he was just saying that some of his dates have hated that. And so I think some men are struggling with like striking the right balance of being chivalrous and then also like respecting a woman's independence and empowerment and all of that. And well, I don't, in my perspective, to me, it's just like in its most simple form, being chivalrous is really just doing something nice for your date. You know, it shows you're interested in her and you're confident enough to show it. And it's mm -hmm. a huge compliment. You know, a man mm -hmm. isn't opening your door or paying for your dinner because he thinks that you can't. It's just simply mm -hmm. a nice gesture. Yeah, it definitely is. We're at such an awkward phase, you know, when it comes to that, because yes, women are, you know, so many women are wanting to, you know, liberate themselves on many levels. But if it translates over into manners or things that we've been, you know, raised with or that can show that you're interested and, you know, have been taught manners growing up and all that kind of stuff, it's huge. But I'll tell you what the big one is. Who's gonna pick up the check? You know, it's just it's so, so awkward, you know. And so many women, here's what I'll get a guy that kind of bugs him a little bit from what I understand. If a woman just sits back and assumes he's gonna pick it up, you know, uh, like it's her birthright to get fed by this person, you know, or something. Um, a guy in the back of his mind, I think typically will want to pick up the check, you know, and, and will, you know. 
90% of the time at least, but um, it doesn't, it's not well received if the woman acts like, you know, it, that's what he's, you know, no matter what, you know, it's kind of nice if a girl maybe says, you know, I don't know, oh, oh, indicates some, at least a, appreciation, like, thank you so much. But then again, there's a flip side to that coin. Uh, some girls don't want to um, have a guy pay for the check because then she may not want to have to like, you know, ooze with, you know, appreciation or thank yous or anything like that. That's a, you know, that's an area topic that could probably be talked about for like an hour, all, you know, just all the little nuances of that, you know, that again should flow, you know, just naturally. Let's say, I mean, let's say the waitress brings the check or the waiter and um, it's sitting there in the middle of the table, awkward moment. Um, you know, and, and you never know. Sometimes, you know, the waiter usually puts it down in front of the guy, you know, probably 90% of the time anyway, right? right? She's, but, um, so then he, you know, opens it up and, uh, you know, it's your first date and stuff. Uh, I would offer to pay half. I just think, you know, it is 2020. You don't have to, the guy can say no. If he accepts, it might be a moment, you know, depending right. on the, you know, everybody's different. But just be aware and just don't assume anything, even though it is, you know, 2020 and, you know, things have changed quite a bit. Those are my thoughts. Yeah, I agree. I would always offer to pay because like what you just said, I, I never wanted to assume. Mm-hmm. But even though it is 2020, I feel like I... I'm a little bit old-fashioned when it comes to that, and I, I I really liked the gesture of a guy picking up the check at least on the first date. And so, yeah, if he was like, "No, I got this," like I would be like, "Okay, thank you so much." And then, and if not, that was a very big uh, for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know why? It's like no reflection necessarily on anybody's you know, uh, character or lack thereof. It's something that we've had happen, you know, for, that's what we've been raised with. Our parents have been raised with before us and their parents. I mean, it's in our, you know, it's just indoctrinated in us. And whether that's good or bad, it's neither or. It's just, you know, been, you know, what uh, is reflection of where we've come from. And it may not, you know, persist over the next, you know, millennium. I don't know, but it is in there somewhere. And, uh, you know, everybody just sees it for what it is and fine, no big deal, you know, and don't take offense to anything, but just uh, everything that you just said is spot on. It's great if a guy, you know, offers. I just remember the first time I had to uh, pay for a guy's meal. It was, (laughs) listen, it wasn't even out, out. It was a takeout place. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, take us back. Set the scene. What year are we in? (laughs) No, it's been years and years, but I just remember him asking me if I, if we were going we were gonna to go somewhere, like miniature golfing or something, and he's like, hey, do you mind going by Takey Audi or whatever and picking up some, you know, whatever the thing that he wanted off the menu. I was like, yeah, sure. And, and then we hung up, I was like, I have to buy a meal for a guy. I went to the place and I ordered it, and then I just remember... It's your hot dog, asshole. 
<laughs> it took me 10 minutes to grab the $10 I think out of my pocket. It was just so excruciating for me just because, you know, I was raised so old school and stuff. And he came, okay, and here's the way he was raised. He was the only boy. He was raised, I think, with uh, six other, you know, women in his family. And they were all like, one was a judge and, you know, they were all highly affluent. And uh, to him, it just didn't mean anything. It always goes and, back to the child and how you were raised. It's just, it always goes back to it. No doubt about it. This is episode three of Date Smart, tactics and techniques for mastering your dating life. This podcast was hosted by me, Taylor Wade. This episode includes guest Leslie Wardman, CEO and matchmaker of Ambiance Matchmaking. This podcast is brought to you by Ambiance Matchmaking, an exclusive matchmaking agency for selective singles. Complete an application by clicking the link in the episode show notes or going to ambiancematchmaking.com forward slash apply. You can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Until next time.